All right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside of the Lines podcast. Today, we are doing a special episode for you, a rapid reaction to the Cheez-It Bowl. A little bit of a sad one, but we wanted to get our true and authentic reaction. And as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. By now, you guys already know that they had the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. But you might not know that they have drag shows every Thursday for mug deals, as well as FAC deals with $5 wraps and $3 adioses. And it's also the best place to get at your NFL Sunday action with bottomless mimosas. So head on over to BNC Fieldhouse, support our boy, Ben. We love Ben. We love BNC. Thank you for the sponsorship. And without further ado, I'm going to pass it on over to Mr. Cheez-It. Mr. Cheez-It, what are your rapid thoughts from that game last night? Um, I think uh, the summary of this game perfectly encapsulates this season. It, um, it felt like a very Iowa State uh, way to go out. It, it felt like just, you know, another one-score game, another game where, um, you know, it looked like offensively we kind of slept walk uh first half we were really conservative didn't do a ton and woke up towards the end of the game gave us some life and and got back in it and it just feels like we had seen this song and dance so much this year uh so much from this team you know i, I want to give major props to the defense in this game i they anytime we needed a big play they they made a big play a big stop um, they played fantastic. They really did deserve a win. And, you know, we just went up against a, a very good Clemson team, uh, a Clemson team that, you know, we mentioned they, they started off the year kind of struggling two and two out of the gates, but had won their last seven was going for a 10 win season. Um, and they, they had no opt outs. You know, we had we had some pretty major uh players missing on, on both sides of the ball. And, and I think that definitely affected a lot of our, our game plan, especially on the offensive end, you know, Xavier Hutchinson wasn't really um, on the field too much. And I think that's, that's one of the the key areas of the, you know, what we don't have a, a terrible amount of wide receiver depth already. And so um, mm-hmm. that drop off really hurt the offense. I, I think that's a big reason why Kolar and Allen probably had a little bit quieter games just because of the fact that, you know, the, the defenses could really key on them. They didn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, outside threats with, with who we had playing receiver and, and no breeze halls definitely going to affect it. Like, you know, you lose the best running back in the, in the country. That's, that's going to change your offense. Um, you know, Jarrell had some good runs and everything like that, but it's, you know, there is that drop off. There's just that difference in offense. It, it is just, it's a totally different offense when you have mm-hmm. someone so good, like Brees that you can rely on and go to, um, when you need it and, and you just don't have that. And yeah, it was, it was tough going against it, like a good Clemson defense. And it just, it ended up being a little bit too much for, for our offense and they weren't able to to capitalize enough, you know, the interception that we got in, in Clemson territory, getting one yard on the ensuing drive and not really capitalizing on that oh momentum was, you know, a really big game changer where it's like, we kind of need a touchdown to get oh, back yeah. in that one. And uh, selling for three there was really tough. That was by far our shortest field position. So, you know, that's kind of my thoughts. I, I like, you know, I, going into it, I, I did expect sort of Clemson to pull this one out. So, like, I'm not surprised by the result. I thought, I thought this Iowa State team, you know, gave a great effort on the field. And like, I can't 
you can't really, I don't think you can be upset with it as a fan. You know, I just, I think it, it kind of just caps off a season where there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of couple plays here and there that might be different. And we could be talking about this team a little different, but that's football. Yeah. I mean, it's huge bummer. Every single loss we had this season was by one possession and you know, that's, that's what the season was. And at the end of the day, it counts the win loss cap, the, excuse me, the win loss column is what counts at the end of the day. Um, you know, you can look at this roster through and through and, and think this was probably the, the, the best roster Iowa State's ever had. I mean, at least through my years, through my Iowa State history, I, I can't remember a roster being better than this. Um, the reason I really want to do this rapid reaction today was just because why the hell does this always happen to us? You know, we say, oh, I'm not too concerned about Matt Campbell unless Notre Dame opens. Boom. We post the podcast within 24 hours, Notre Dame opens. Same thing. I'm like, you know what? Mike Rowe is being here. I feel pretty damn decent. Boom. Within 24 hours after we post the podcast, he's announced that he's injured. So, you know, right when I saw that, that hit, um, I knew that the game was going to be a lot different. You know, Mike Rose, he just covers so much territory, which allows the rest of the defense to just do their job. Right. Um, and, and just, he's just, I mean, our defense is still so outstanding, but it truly just shows, you know, what a difference he makes. One, one thing that I thought was really unique. I don't know, maybe I'm a nerd, but I thought this was interesting when, excuse me, before the Mike Rose announcement, the spread was Clemson as a 0.5 favorite, just a hair favorite at over Iowa state. And then after they announced the Mike Rose was out, um, they bumped up to positive two. So just from that Mike Rose announcement, he had a 1.5 point impact on the overall spread. Now to compare when Matt Nagy was announced for COVID before they played the 49ers, it bumped in the 49ers favor by 0.5. So you can essentially say that Mike Rose has three times the amount of impact on our team that Nagy does on his team, which I mean, that maybe that's a bad comparison because Nagy obviously sucks. And maybe I'm just beating on him because he's a, he's an easy punching bag for me right now. But like, that's a huge person to lose on your defense. Um, another thing that I said, and this, these are things that I hate being right about, but if they have a defensive score, we're not winning that game. Once they had that defensive score, I, I knew it was likely over, but the, the play that I thought was the, okay, damn it. We're not winning this was that hell of a catch by the wide receiver, the obvious missed call right, right before he threw it. And I swear, DJ Ungalele was throwing that ball away. He, he had no like vendetta to actually catch or to actually complete a, a pass there. He was throwing that ball away. And, you know, they got lucky with a, a hold call that was clearly missed. And credit to the wide receiver. I mean, the wide receiver on that play made me feel a little less sad because I'm like, all right, that was a hell of a play by him. If they're going to get away with that missed holding call, at least they're going to get their slack off of off a dope play like that. So that was kind of like the gut wrenching play where it felt like, okay, we might be, we might be burying our own grapes right now. Aside from the Brock Purdy interception. Uh, do we want to talk about that? <laughs> um, I mean, okay. So to that play, the worst part about that play was it was like, it was third and eight and um, our, our guys went for the pick and it's just like, just deflect it. Like just, you, you don't have to try and make the interception, like just get a hand on it, make it so that no one catches it so that they're punting like, and that ends that drive. And instead 
that's a conversion and it goes from zero points to seven points. First touchdown of the game swings a lot of momentum. And, and dude, our defense was on the, like on the field for so like Clemson put together so many long drives, like 15 plus play drives that they were just like, you could just tell like, man, our defense was, was like, just had to have been exhausted by just having to be on the field for so long. Um, and for so yeah. such long drives and stuff. And, and yeah, it's like, Dude, like that play, like that highlights. I was like, it's just, it's, it's so wild when, when you see that throw, you see the pressure, you see him chuck it up. You're like, hell yes. Like this, this should be a stop. This should be a huge, it's still like six, three, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I mean, and that was, those were two drives that just the game got out of away from us down going down 20 to three. And you're just like, you can't give up, you know, a defense that's already playing well and you give up. <laughs> Hey Ralph, um, you give up That's that, funny. you know, the Brock Purdy interception is, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, you can always just say in hindsight, like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know how you miss that bat, but it's just like, I also don't know why exactly your Brock's like, I guess going to bat it. Like it's, there's not yeah. anyone else really around him, you know, at a worst, like he could try and catch it or even just like, let it come to his body and like push it down. But like reaching out to like hit it was just kind of like, you know, like it's just, it's tough. maybe I'm making uh, a sad excuse for him. It, it honestly looked like he was trying to bat it to someone, but there was just no one within 10 yards of no, where he like, batted it. So I really think it was just a mistimed bat. Like I think he got there way earlier and then was just trying to hit it. But if even that's the case, just let the ball fall on you. Cause like the other thing is like, there wasn't anyone around him. Like he threw it up, it got deflected and there weren't a ton of like, you know, I could, I could understand if there were a bunch of like Clemson defenders around him or anything, but there wasn't really anyone else. Like that was going to the ball besides Brock. And yeah, I mean that as soon as that happened, it's just like, all right, our offense has like three possessions and they have to get at least two touch, they got to get 17 points out of these next three to four possessions when we haven't even broken, you know, past the, you know, we, we haven't gotten a touchdown yet. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, once again, kind of that digging themselves in the hole and then like, you got to be perfect to get back in it. And I mean, you know, it, it was a kiss of death when, when they put up this stat that Dabo Swinney was 101 and nothing. Uh, whenever he's led by 17 points. Yeah. So you knew yeah. that was a kiss of death. And I mean, I, I wanted to bring that up because in hindsight, now that I'm a little bit cooled off, that interception was kind of hilarious, you know, <laughs> and it may have been funnier than the TCU one. I don't know. <laughs> Just because the TCU one, you can kind of understand how, what happened there, right? He was so twisted and turned around. He didn't know exactly where he was, so he just threw it. He thought he was throwing it away. Unfortunately, he threw it right to the defender for an easy pick six. This one was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, you knew where you were, and you just kind of batted it away. And I mean, here's what I will say about Brock. He's played hero ball for us his entire career. He's played hero ball for us his entire career. So naturally, it's going to become a part of his personality, his natural play style to play the hero ball, because that's what he had to do in order to get us wins in the years past. So, you know, most people are saying that was a stupid play. Well, no, yeah, it was a stupid play. It was stupid. But eventually, you're going to make those stupid plays and you're going to just you're going to get burned when you continually play hero ball. But 
despite that, I just wanted to say this. Thank you, CBS Sports, for these stats. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm already breaking my New Year's resolution of getting facts from Twitter, but I trust CBS Sports. All-time leader in passing yards, passing TDs, completions, and pass rating. Well, it's Cyclones to their highest ranking ever, number seven. Four years, four bowl games, beat Oregon in the 2021 Fiesta Bowl. That's a pretty damn good resume. Best quarterback Iowa State has ever had. I love you, Seneca Wallace. Maybe he was more talented. Maybe he was more dominant. But no one put up the numbers that he did for as long as he did. And what's crazy is his senior year was his worst year yet. But it was still a pretty damn phenomenal year. I mean, he was still in, I think he ranked third overall in the entire country in accuracy, you know, or whatever it is, passing percentage. So, like, you know, he's a hell of a quarterback. He can certainly find himself maybe in a, in a practice squad role in the NFL. Uh, I think I think there will be a, a team that will take a chance on him and will draft him. I don't think he's going to go undrafted. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was a hilarious pick. It was it was a really funny pick, but he's a god to us, <laughs> and he he deserves to be treated as such because he's a hero. He played hero ball for us. Eventually, you're going to get burned with that. I don't know. I just, I felt there was a need to add context to why he did that because he's had to throw the team on his back for so long. Eventually, you're going to have stupid plays like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's not even like a like stupid plays, and like he didn't make like a boneheaded decision like his pass got deflected and then he ran underneath it to bat it down it was just poor you know like unfortunate circumstance of the bat and like how he timed it and stuff like so it's not even like dumb in the element of like oh like his his like he he did what you're like taught as a quarterback your pass gets deflected just get it down like make sure no one else is getting to it and like that's what he did and like it just it didn't work out how obviously we would have wanted it to. Um, See, I'm, you know, I'm convinced he tried to bat it to someone, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I hope you're like, right. I hope he was I just think trying he to just mistime the jump, man. I, I think I like, yeah, it, it's like, I mean, that would like make more you, sense. Yeah. It's, it's like no different than in like any other sport, like, you know, football is probably the best example, but you get like a jump ball thrown to you. And if you just get to it way short as like a defender or something, and you kind of tip it up because you just barely get a hand on it or whatever. Um, Cause like instinctively, you're still going to try and like make contact with it. Like you're not going to think, Oh, don't hit the ball. Cause like, I'm, I'm not going to hit it cleanly or whatever. You're just like, I got to affect this somehow. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And you know, I mean, you already said it with Brock, like we've, we've gotten to watch Brock play over, you know, these four years, watch him since he's a freshman. He's, he's won so many games. He's, he's delivered so much for Iowa state and no, no better cyclone has had better, you know, on, like we're, we're in the, the midst of the best, you know, um, time of Iowa state football, like historically, which yeah. is wild. Um, and it's just like, okay, like even going back to when I was in school, like, they won no more than four games the four years that I was at Iowa State. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just wild to be like seeing like it's it's awesome that the perspective and the expectations have changed due to like where the program's at. But it's also you have to kind of take that into perspective with it of just like Brock's been one of the people that has been at the forefront of leading that change. He's been a leader on and off the field. And he's been one of the guys to really help implement this and drive this change in the culture and the expectations around the football program. And yeah, I, I like every damn Iowa state fan would have loved to see 
this end a little bit better, but it was tough, man. Like, like I said, they were playing against one of the best defenses in the nation. Like Clemson, had oh, yeah. the, the number two defense it, coming in as far as like statistically. And that D line was as advertised too. Yeah. That D line was insane. Newell, like, you know, we're, we're playing with a, a, you know, not our, our best line. Um, we've seen other games when Brock's been running for his life and it's, it's fucking hard out there. He doesn't have his number one wide receiver. He doesn't have his number one mm-hmm. running back. Like he's missing a lot. And, you know, we're still in it and it's just, it is what it is. Like you got to tip your cap to Clemson. Um, you knew Dabo was going to be coaching his ass off for this. Him and Matt yeah. Campbell have like too much like respect and pride into this one. And Dabo want to get that 10 wins. They want to like, he even, he even said, that was like the second thing he said in his post game interview. He goes, I just really want to, you know, like give these guys a lot of props because, you know, we've won a let, we've won 10 games for 11 straight seasons. Not a lot of programs can say they've done that. That was the second thing that he said in his post-game interview. So yeah. you knew that they were fucking pumped for this game and they had no opt-outs. Yeah. They were ready for it. And, you know, they just, they didn't have the big costly mistake. We didn't capitalize on their, their turnover on their side of the field. You're they exactly capitalized right. on our turnover. And, and when a game's that close, when it swings that much, it's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, truly determines who wins and who loses. And, and that's just, that's the nature of football. You know, you, you can't, mm-hmm. can't have those kind of mistakes against a well-coached team like Clemson. And when you do get opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. And we didn't do that. You know, we, we had a missed field goal. We had a, a very short, like 24 yard attempt on one of our first drives. Um, and we settled for another field goal when we had our best field position all night. And then, you know, we also lost like a punting battle. Like we, our defense stopped them and we oh just, we came gosh. to the dagger of punters again. Their punter pinned us deep twice and they're like, Hey, yeah, you're going to have to put together 90 plus yard drives to beat us or to even tie us in this game. And like, we don't do that to teams. <laughs> we, we average 37 yards a punt and, um, <laughs> That's, that's literally what we do. That was what our average was this game. And it, it's always crazy um, because we have teams that they out pun us and, and change the field position battle against us so much. And I'm always like, Holy fuck. Why can we not have this be an element of a team? <laughs> like, like Matt, you have to know this is important. You can save 20 yards of your already amazing defense. Like you have to add these offenses to get like 15 or 20 more yards against you guys. Like this should be emphasized so much. Like, like we talked about this with Rory, but special teams is the biggest like change of it's always a change of possession and it's always a change of field position. And they are it's some the of the biggest change of momentum. Yeah. The biggest and change they, of momentum. And they are the biggest plays usually of the game because they affect that so much. Like getting an offense to start on their own, like 40 or 35 due to a shitty punt that we have versus getting pinned down on the 10 changes so much. You have to put together so many more like plays and game like it's it's just insane how much like it, it affects the like, and it's just it, this has been consistent like this isn't the first time tooting the horn of, of like special team like we just always get outplayed on the special teams end it feels like um and especially in the punting game like I, we haven't been good punting since like kirby vander ash was here like that was the last time that like i felt comfortable in our punt unit and and that's just because we punted like kirby nine awesome. times a game so like Kirby oh, yeah. got a ton of fucking practice and was good, but it's just like, <laughs> it's like, where is this? Like, like how do other teams have this? And why is this not incorporated in our team? Because it's just like, 
you couple that with a great defense, you you don't even need an amazing offense. Like you 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 just need to, you know. So, I mean, I'm not one to bag on players, but I'm just gonna say good riddance to Corey Don. I know, I know, I'm an asshole calling someone out. He was just just maybe he had a good punt his entire career. It, it just it felt like we could never get that. I don't know. I'm an asshole. I'm gonna move on from that. But uh, I, I mean. We had a lot of second and 10 plus plays, you know, like we just, it felt like we were constantly shooting ourselves in the foot with penalties and just negative first down plays. Like whenever I looked up, it was, it was second and 15, um, second, even in like 25, like it felt like we were never, we never had an easy second down. And, and I mean, that's, we were, don't quote me on this. I know for a fact we were in the top 10. I want to say we were number four nationally as a least penalized team. So we were well coached. We were doing well. We're, you know, well-disciplined team for whatever reason, you know, this game, we just, we kind of let some stuff get in front of us. I mean, the Greg Eisworth, uh, the, what, what was it? Unsport, the not unsportsmanlike like conduct. Yeah. The, the late, late hit, hit, whatever it's yeah. called. Um, unnecessary roughness. So that was the right call. It looked like he just didn't yeah. know where the football was. And honestly, DJ threw a bad ball. If DJ threw that on the money, then Greg would have had a perfect play. I think that's kind of why Greg was like, what the hell? Like, how was that a, a, the wrong call? Well, he didn't see the ball not hit his hands, and that's that's how it landed that. And he saw for the rest of the game, during that sideline, people were laying off. And, I mean, that might sound – that's a good thing. I would much rather have my players lay off on the sideline and be smart than to just lay someone out. But at the same time, that is where you get those incremental, like, half yards, those incremental yards. And, uh, you know, it might not look like much in the play of the game, but football is a game about inches and who knows, maybe those inches every now and then, I mean, they converted on a fourth and one. So eventually those can catch up with you, but more than anything, it, what it does is it's a mental game. It makes you play on your heels. It makes you play uh, more so scared that you're going to get penalized rather than um, excited to play the game. Um, also on the defensive end of things, I can, I, I miss Aishim young. Aishim, if you want to come back, I will still gladly take Dude, you. Our so I can kind of well. see I was going to say, I can kind of see why he left because Freiler yeah. led the entire team in tackles with, I think, nine and a half. Let me double check. Nine tackles and six assists. He was everywhere. Like every time I looked up, he was, it reminded me of Mike Rose when, when he came in as a freshman. You know how Mike Rose was just in every single tackle? That was Freiler. And I was like, holy shit. Well, I mean, if, if this is how we're going to be, then I, I really like our safety play. So hat off to Freiler. I really wanted to just say he, he had a hell of a game. Um, maybe didn't have two crazy big plays, but he was just everywhere. And, and that made a huge impact on us. And then the last, I, one of the last notes I had is just Clemson offensively. I was wrong. You know, I, I thought DJ was going to show they, all they did was just throw passes five yards or, or less, or even behind the line of scrimmage. And that was how they killed us. But the misdirection, the misdirection, all game was killing us. You know, they would, they would fake a sweep to the left and then, hand it off and go right. And I think they successfully got at least 10 plus yards every down or every play they ran of that. Um, even one of them went for a touchdown. I think it was their second touchdown of the game. So misdirection just killed us. And, uh, and I feel like I usually didn't see that throughout the season. It was the first time I saw us continually getting burned on misdirection. Um, yeah, but defensively great effort. Loved your effort, Freiler. You, you, you opened my eyes, you've opened my eyes and you're, you're a hell of a player. You're gonna be good for quite a while. Um, talking offensively very briefly, how many more years does, uh, Tom Manning have in his contract? <laughs> I hope zero. <laughs> yeah. 
I, that was it was brutal, man. And I mean, you, you kind of wonder who's calling plays. Be aggressive, it's, dude. It was, it was none ridiculous. of it was aggressive. Like we 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 had one trick play, and I and I was so pumped. I'm like, yes, and we almost threw a pick. But like, we only did one play trick play. Like of the night, were like deeper shots or, or like pushing it downfield. Oh yeah, like the Xavier and it was play, open right, right off. Yeah, they were playing like press and like. It, it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, Brock missed. There was um, Jalen Noel on the the one that like he yeah. almost toe tapped on the sideline. But it's like, other than that, we we didn't push it down the field. But both times we tried to like hit go routes or like test our secondary. Dude, Jalen, we, we had Jalen was open on a wide open skinny post too. I, I mean, it didn't. It looked like the play developed a little like right as Purdy was throwing it, so it wasn't necessarily a miss on Purdy's end just because he got rid of it too quick. But if he would have held that ball for a half second longer, he would have had Jalen on a skinny post and it looked like he burned him by like five yards. So, I mean, that was a bit of a bummer. Noel, by the way, he's got a bright future. I mean, we already knew this. We've already talked yeah. about this, but Jalen, I mean, you can tell he stepped up because you know we were, we were down some receivers and yeah, he's, he's going to be him and Freiler are those young guys that just make me so happy to watch play. And, and also Jirel. It's it's so weird to this is what's so intriguing about high school recruiting. Both he and Brees were four stars coming out of high school. Now Brees was obviously kind of proved to be to show a little bit more, but I mean Jirel is still a hell of a player. Um, it's just it's just interesting to watch, you know, kind of the, how they recruit with the different demographics. I, I don't know, but um, I'm still excited about Jirel. I I saw enough of him yesterday too, where I I feel happy with him moving forward as well. But uh, I, you know, just just some misses on offense and. Ah, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it did. This this offense just it seemed really like scared. Um, I, I mean, we had the what was it on the was that after the the interception where it was like it was like third and ten, and we ran a run play for zero yards on third and ten, and it's just like. Yeah. What is this? Like, what is that? <laughs> it really, it's like, it's like, what, what is going on here? Like, it, and we were just, also in their territory too. Like, if yeah. I remember correctly, we were on the 35 yard line. Like that's where you want to be aggressive. You need a touchdown, dude. Like if you're going for a field goal there, then you're not going to reduce the amount of possessions you have to come back in this game. All you're doing is, is, is kind of like a, like a puny field goal. What do they call that? Like a, a, a sad field goal. <laughs> It wasn't a sad field goal, but it was just kind of like it wasn't because they technically cut it down that call. to two possessions, but it was also it? Like okay the urgency of like, hey, this is the best field position that we've had all game. We just got some momentum off a turnover, and then you're really not gonna like capitalize and be aggressive. It's like it's like take a shot to the end zone, like challenge the safeties. Like you have like all the momentum, like like you know, our longest pass traveled this game was probably what no more than fifteen yards max maybe didn't to, look like Xavier it. and that's it we, we like, had a yeah we had a 35 that? yard completion to Xavier yeah and that, that, that was, was his about, only catch all game though yeah well he was on the field for like three snaps like it, so, he, okay I I was watching at a bar I didn't hear a lot of the commentating that's the one bad thing about watching it at a bar the other good thing is you get drunk when you lose in a very humiliating way but um when it came to that Xavier, like, did he get injured? Because I thought it was simply just that uh, Booth, the cornerback, just just kind of took him out all game. But no, did he get injured? Xavier wasn't in the game. <laughs> like, I don't think Xavier played 
I want to say more than like six or seven snaps. He had a broken thumb. Do we know thumb. why? Yeah, he, he, had, oh, he, had a, okay. he had surgery on a broken thumb after the okay. TCU game. And so, like, even in warm-ups, it was, like, heavily taped. They weren't sure how much he was going to play. And, like, they weren't – like, you're obviously not going to put him out there to, like, run block and, like, you know, fuck up it even more or whatever. So, like, he was usually only out on the field yeah. in, like, obvious passing down situations. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's just – it's very unfortunate because, like, you know, X had the most rece- <laughs> most receptions uh, in Iowa State single season, like – in a single season. So like not having that was tough along with not having breeze and like, you know, yeah. we're at a position where, you know, we just, we haven't really had another person really solidify a role um, and be consistent. And that's another thing that, I mean, next year, like we, we haven't had it for a couple of years now, but we haven't had like a Hakeem Butler deep threat, like big play guy. Yeah, and, no, we haven't, we haven't. And, and it, it just, it's tough on the offense because you just got to put together then like small chunks of yards to get touchdowns and stuff like that big play threat that like it opens up for other people too. Like if, if you even just have that threat on the field, then, you know, you're in the safety's head and it, and it opens up for other people. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. But like the, the whole Manning thing, like Tom Manning, like it's, it's like, there's no urgency at the end of the game too. Like it was just no. weird. Like this offense just, it seems it's so conservative. Yeah, the clock was ticking a lot. Like, yeah, and it's like, I, I think it's like, we wasted like doing? 30 like, seconds on one play. Yeah. yeah. It's just it was I don't know. It was frustrating to to watch. This offense has kind of been frustrating to watch at times too with the talent that it has. And you know, I don't I was gonna look into this. I, I forgot to today, but I was like thinking last night, the one year that Tom Ng went and was like the tight end coach for the Colts, I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. was the best offense that Iowa State's had in like the Matt Campbell tenure. Like I'm not I'm not kidding on that one. I, I like it, we'll it would not surprise me. That one. Because I, I was I was just thinking to myself, like I, I haven't gotten rid of Tom Manning. Most of you guys know that I'm a Colts fan, so when he uh, went to the Colts at first, I was like, oh, no, Iowa State's losing a big one. But the Colts are gaining a great one. Um, and I was I was wrong on both ends. I mean, he only lasted with the Colts for, I think, less than a year. So One season. That is what it is. One season. Um, I will say, though, um, we're not going to be done talking about football. I live and breathe football. I'm obsessed. So I'm sure we're going to be talking about it a little bit more. Um, I'm not going to give away the person yet, but we might have – uh, one or even two former football players on possibly next week or the following week to recap the season with us and maybe talk a little bit about the off season, what football looks like for the off season. So this will not be the last time we talk Iowa state football. You're going to hear a lot more about Brock Purdy, a little bit more about the draft as well. Um, again, without naming names, we have, you know, plenty of people that were, that we might even get it some interviews with before they uh, go into the NFL draft. So please stick around. If, if you're a football maniac like I am, don't worry. We're not done talking about it. We'll continue talking about it a little bit more. Um, but do you have anything more on, on cheese it before we, before we close out today, Newt? Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I'm super bummed about is I love cheese. It's like, and it would have been so cool to have like Iowa state cheese, it bowl champ apparel and swag. And that's just, how do they taste? Have you tried any since? I mean, I had some for lunch. They're delicious still. So you're never no, going to hear okay. me bad mouth cheese it. So, um, All right. yeah, I, I was really bummed because like I would have gotten so much cheese it apparel that had like Iowa State stuff on it would have been cool. But, you know, 
maybe we didn't win because Campbell didn't have a cheese it ornament hanging on his tree like Dabo Swinney did. So he, I, I maybe mean, you're his good luck charm. Someone was like, you know, Dabo's keeping that on his tree for like the rest of his life now. Like, because every yeah. time he sees that, he's, he's going to let like, it rot. Yeah. He's going to be like, oh yeah. Like won the cheese it bowl. That's sick. So I guess that's a, a nice uh, consolation prize is I will. So yeah, since you over. have, yeah. Since you have that foot in the door with him, he would hop on the pod, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. What if we did dab with Switty on our pod before Matt Campbell? That that would have to force Matt to come on. So maybe that is the avenue we need to we need to go to in order to get Daddy Campbell on here. We could do that. We could do that. All right. <laughs> Well, thanks everyone for tuning into our rapid reaction. Um, we're going to be talking some more Iowa State basketball. And like I said, we'll do a little bit more of a season recap with um, with some football players. Again, not mentioning names. You're not going to let me, I, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give it to you guys that easy. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Iowa State Baylor game. Um, should be a really good one. Final score, I don't know. Um, 25 19 Iowa State. Roll clones. Thank you for listening. New, any last words? Uh, roll clones, baby. Love to hear it. Roll close. Thanks, guys.